And this is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. The previous program was Economic Update with the Professor Richard Wolf. Heard Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. It is now 7 p.m. Stay tuned for Off the Hook coming up. El número que usted marcó no existe. Favor de verificarlo. Gracias. Lo sentimos. El número que usted marcó no existe. Favor de verificarlo. Gracias. If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, stay on the line and a hacker will assist you shortly. Good evening to everybody. The program is Off the Hook. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this Wednesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Hi. How you doing? Um, we have uh, Rob T. Firefly out there in Skype land. Good evening. We also have Gila out there in Skype land. Good evening. And we have Alex also in Skype land. You do indeed. Good evening. How are you, Alex? Uh, I have <laughs> been better. Thanks for asking. Yeah, well, I can't uh, yeah. help but ask. I mean, just yeah. uh, I mean, the people at home can't see this, but my goodness, what you—you uh, you made rather merry over the holidays, apparently. Uh, what, 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 what happened? Uh, that's one way to put it. Yeah, you went to Florida. Well, I'm, I understand. I'm laid up here. But you went to Florida? Yeah, I did? guess you know this. Oh no, Alex, we've I warned you. We've this, told this. you so many times. Don't go to Florida, especially over the holidays. Okay, so yeah. tell us what happened. Well, I'm um, I'm laid up right now. I'll start with the the results. I uh, I've got a, a leg that's broken in a few places. I've got some pins going through my leg, holding it together. Uh, three different metal rods, an X fixature, uh, as it's called holding my leg together, and uh, and I'll have another surgery. So that was one surgery to, to kind of put the Humpty Dumpty type thing back together, and then another one tomorrow to hopefully finish the job. So wish me luck. But, you know, how this all started, how I got here is really interesting. It actually has to do with batteries, believe it or not. Well, that's a, certainly a relevant topic for a hacker show because a lot of things are powered by batteries sure. these days. We see them that's more right. and more. Yeah. I just didn't know they, they could hurt you so much. Well, they they usually don't, right? They usually don't. But this was this was a new battery that was installed in my mother's golf cart. 
So uh, as as many people know too, you know, I'm down in Florida, it's been a bit of a rough time for my family. And I'll I'll set the stage with you for a second because I'm I'm down in Florida. My mother was in the hospital for a while, and then she came out uh, maybe about a week and a half ago. And then my stepfather had to go into the hospital. And the day that this all happened, I had picked him up and took him home from the hospital about 10 minutes before this all happened. You know, maybe 10 minutes after I dropped him off, I got dressed to go to the pool with the kids. And my 10-year-old son wanted to drive the golf cart because he loves driving the golf cart. And quite frankly, he's been driving it for many years. He probably shouldn't, but, uh, you know, we usually let him drive the golf cart. Now, my mother had informed us that she put this new battery into the golf cart, and it was a brand-new battery. And usually you could floor this golf cart and take any turn that you wanted, and it really wasn't going to create a lot of, that much torque uh, because the, the old battery didn't have as much power. But as we got to where the pool was, uh, there was another golf cart coming towards us from the opposite lane, oh boy. and my son went to make the left-hand turn. Uh, into the area that had the pool, and he was concerned about the other cart coming. So he stepped on it, he made the turn, and and, and by the way, uh, this has got to be somewhat of my fault too, because I was encouraging him to go a little bit faster earlier on uh, down the street, or earlier on, but I didn't know he was going to make this turn so quickly. And I had my other son, my five-year-old son, on my lap as this happened. So he makes this turn. That was usually fine to make in the golf cart with the old battery, but with the new battery, there was so much force uh, from the golf cart that the five-year-old and I went flying out of it, out of the golf cart. We were literally ejected from the golf cart, and he's in my arms. So I had to, you know, he's my son. I, I had to protect my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I, I did. He, he has quite literally two scratches on him. And I don't know how I managed that, but I wound up completely breaking my foot. Uh, basically, I broke the, the fibula, the tibula, and the ankle. And my foot was basically facing in a direction that it shouldn't have been facing. It was kind of tilted all the way over to the right. And my 10-year-old son <laughs> saw this. He started freaking out. He said, please, you know, go inside. You know, get somebody to call an ambulance. I tried to keep it together for him as much as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did. And I, you know, we calmed him down. He was very helpful. He put his back against my back, so I had something to lean up against until the ambulance came. And but it, uh, I'll tell you, uh, Emmanuel, it was tough because it took a long time to get him off the ledge of this is all his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my fault. I hurt my daddy. Uh, it wasn't his fault. You know, if, if anybody's fault, it was mine. I, I shouldn't have. Uh, encouraging him to go a little faster earlier on the street, or I should have driven the golf cart first with the new battery. Um, or sorry, you just don't think something like this crazy is going to happen so quickly. But it does, and I think that's why we call it an accident. And so finally he's come down off that and realized it's not his fault. It's an accident. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm going to have to deal with for the next uh, two months probably. Um, and it's not, it, hasn't been, it has not been fun. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, especially when you live in a walk-up in Manhattan. Oh, my goodness. Right? So, I didn't even think about that. Wow. Yeah. You know, I live in a fourth-floor walk-up in the village. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, you know, that's not going to be, you know, my friend. I'll probably be spending a lot more time out in Pennsylvania over the next month and a half or so. 
But it, we'll put a damper on, you know, I start teaching again at King's College in London at the law faculty in January, and I don't think I'm going to be able to go in person in January. I'll probably end up, you know, my, my trips back and forth to London will probably start in February this year. But thank God we're, we're all otherwise all right. This could have been a lot worse. Thank God the five-year-old's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what a way to end the year. It's been well, the year's not over yet, year. Alex. I mean, that, that, that was just Christmas time, so you still have another week, so be careful. But boy, that is absolutely right. You know, I guess right. they don't have seatbelts in golf carts. I mean, you know, it's a good idea. I don't know who's in charge of these things, but yeah. you can certainly it's, it's get hurt. Them too. Well, yeah, you, you definitely can get hurt. You just, you know, this is just some kind of routine thing that we do all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, this this five minute trip to the pool. And I also will tell you, I was very reluctant to go to the pool that day. There's something nagging me, almost like a premonition about going to the pool, but I, I thought it was because it really wasn't pool weather. It was maybe 65 degrees. It was a little chilly. You know how kids are. They just want to go to the pool. They don't care how cold or how warm it is. They just want to be in the water. So right. I was just trying to be a good dad, and this happened. You, you, you should update your sense of foreboding, because it wasn't the pool that was the problem. It was the ride to the pool that was the problem, and that's that, that's true. you should have been wary of. But I'm glad to hear you're on the men. But boy, that's uh, that's something nobody needs. Um, and you weren't oh. even playing golf either. Just uh, everyone rides no. around in those things down there. <laughs> no, I wasn't drinking. People here was a golf cart accident. But now everyone in the family's been to the hospital, right? So you all have something yeah. to talk about. Just about. I will tell you this too, because my foot was facing the wrong way when I got to the hospital. I had to reset it and and place it back into that that spot. But so so to do that. Uh, they had to give me a lot of drugs. They didn't want to knock me out entirely and do it. They wanted me to be somewhat awake, but also not able to remember or feel this. So they gave me a, a massive amount of propofol. And according to them, apparently I have a very high drug tolerance. So wow. it was, I, I was still having conversations with them after they pumped me full of, of this propofol. So then on top of that, they had to give me a dose of ketamine. And that was when I tell you, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one for, um, you know, LSD and those, those kinds of, you know, extracurricular activities, so to speak. Uh, but I went on a wild trip. I was on a, a incredible trip. Once they gave me that ketamine, I felt like I was with my kids, and we were in a mining cart, and this mining cart went down on these tracks, but, but the tracks led into the heavens, and we were going through the galaxy, and then the colors were changing, and it was pink, and it was white, and then pinkish white, but we were always in this mining cart together. It was really, really weird. I've never experienced anything like that, and I had this, this great feeling of euphoria afterwards as well, that we went on this, this amazing trip together, uh, and then as the drugs wore off, it quickly dawned on me that I'd be dealing with this for the next two, two and a half months or so, and the logistics of it were a nightmare, uh, but it was that was an experience. Let me tell you, absolutely. Wow. Well, you know, um, we had a more quiet time. <laughs> Not the adventures that you always uh, somehow embark upon. Uh, yeah. But uh, again, uh, happy to see that you're um, uh, on the mend. It's going to take a while, Kyle. I know you've been through this when you broke your hand up in Ontario. That was that was a pain after delivering all the dogs with uh, our friend Greg. Um, it's it's a couple of months in your life that that change, right? Yeah, it'll it'll heal to be just as strong as it ever was. So 
That's the amazing thing, that it'll do that. It'll just heal. Well, it is, right? I mean, I'm going to put you that Hemingway quote, right? You know, where he says, uh, uh, the world breaks everyone, but many are strong, stronger in the, or many are strong in the broken places, right? Meaning that, you know, you, you, it, when things break, they grow back stronger, right? But then the next part of that quote, I believe, is, but those it doesn't break, it kills, right? It kills the very good, it kills the very kind, um, and, and something about it will, it will ultimately kill you too. But oh, yeah, he, 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 he had his dark side, you know, so, uh, yes, there's always yeah. that. Uh, Rob Gila, did you have uh, anything? Um, just, uh, that, uh, I'm sorry, we got you a soccer ball for Christmas, but, uh, we'll give you the receipt too, so you can exchange it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> unfortunate. And the big race. The big race, yeah. Alex, in February. You, you, what, how are you going to train for that? You know, you're a long distance well, runner. You know, I, just, I have my no, I'm, I'm kidding. He's not a long distance runner. He can, he can, he can sit at home for a long time. I'm just going to yeah, ask if you'll true. let us find your cast. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I was thinking we should, we should figure out a way to all get together and maybe do the show in person at some point soon. Because um, there's there's some restaurants over near uh, WBAI in Brooklyn that I'd love to go and check out. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were gonna you were gonna get us together. to all come to your house to do the show because you can't move. I thought that's what was the angle of this. No. See, I'm always uh, dubious of, of these ideas, uh, but yeah, that's a good idea. I mean, we can all sign yeah, your cast. Sure. You know, maybe we'll we can it. make this a BAI premium where people can sign your cast. <laughs> you know, I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking <laughs> of ways to raise great. money yeah. for the station, but. Uh, you know, we were off last week for an emergency fundraiser. We're off next week, I believe, for a planned fundraiser. So we're kind of the show that's wedged between fundraisers. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if we're still preempted next week. I think we are. Uh, so uh, let me just say for the station, uh, 212-209-2950 is the number to call to pledge, which I think is working. And uh, if not, or in addition, uh, give to WBAI.org. Give the number to WBAI.org to pledge whatever you can to the station. Remember, it's the end of the year, and we're a nonprofit, so uh, uh, there's a whole thing where people like to donate lots of money to nonprofits at the end of the year, and, and we're the best one I think you can think of, or that we can think of anyway. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, yeah, I would just like to echo that. I think, I think it's a fantastic way to, to spend some of that end-of-year money and decrease your taxable income. It's uh, you know uh, definitely a... A worthy cause, and you wouldn't hear this kind of chatter anywhere else. Well, you might, but it wouldn't be as uh, <laughs> as interesting, I don't think. Go ahead, Gila. But, yes, to put on my professional hat for a second, yes, end of year, get your tax deductions. If your employer matches your charitable contributions, WBAI is a great choice. If you have not, if you're over 73 and you have not made your required minimum distributions this year, charitable giving is a great way to do it. If you have money, you have to spend by Sunday, because you have to from your IRA, think about giving it to WBAI. And if you do, or if you want to become a BAI buddy, please do that in the name of Off the Hook. Let them know that we told you to do this. Um, it works out well for everybody. But, yeah, okay. the more you can do by December 31st, the better it looks on your taxes. And uh, programming reminder, uh, overtime, as always, will uh, start at 8 o'clock on YouTube, where you can interact with us. And uh, I know, Alex, you have an operation for tomorrow morning at 6. Hopefully you can spend a few minutes with us in overtime just to uh, uh, receive the um, the goodwill of our uh, many listeners who, who uh, view us there or listen to us there. That sounds good. I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit, and then I'll, I'll peel off, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes in. 
Okay. All right. Uh, let's let's cover some stories <laughs> relating to uh, the world of uh, technology and computers and things like that. Although, you know, golf carts with new batteries certainly does qualify. Electric vehicles. Uh, electric Beware. vehicles, yeah. Beware. Let's just put your damn seatbelt on. If you don't have a seatbelt, make sure there is one. And um, maybe not have 10-year-olds drive, too. That's that's another issue I would I would lecture you about. But, uh, yeah. It, it could have happened yeah. to anybody, yeah. though. If, if I was driving, probably the same thing. You probably would have been flung further. You know, because um, it's... Uh, You're probably right. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. He, he well, probably, if I were driving, and I, I had... Yeah, the kids would have flown out. That's right. I would have been... Yeah. That would have been bad. That, that would have been bad. It would have been a different conversation. Um, okay, so there is a story that's been circulating, I would dare say trending, um, about this um, um, the, the, this um, teen hacker. Uh, you might know him as the Grand Theft Auto hacker or the Rockstar Games hacker, um, because he keeps hacking them for one reason or another. Um, the story, you know, that happens all the time, apparently. I don't know why it happens all the time, but it just does. Um, he has been sentenced to life in a secure hospital. That is what the headline uh, in this story on The Verge uh, read. Um, I'm going to read you how it begins, and we can uh, assess it from this point. Uh, the 18-year-old, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing this right, the hacker group is called uh, Lapsus, but the last S is a dollar sign, so I think that's how you pronounce it. If not, somebody correct me. Uh, the 18-year-old Lapsus hacker who played a critical role in ha- uh, leaking Grand Theft Auto 6 footage has been sentenced to life inside a hospital prison. That's according to a report from the BBC. Uh, a British judge ruled on Thursday that Ariane Cottage is a high risk to the public because he still wants to commit cyber crimes. Wow. I've never heard anything stretched so much as that. Because he wants to commit cyber crimes, life in prison. Uh, yeah, okay, so in August, a London jury found that Cottage carried out cyber attacks against uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 developer Rockstar Games and other companies, including Uber and NVIDIA. Uh, however, since Kataj has autism and was deemed unfit to stand trial, the jury was asked to determine whether he committed the acts in question, not whether he did so with criminal intent. Now, during a recent hearing, the court heard Kataj had been violent while in custody with dozens of reports of injury or property damage. That's according to the BBC. A mental health assessment also found that Kataj continued to express the intent to return to cybercrime as soon as possible. He's, he's required to stay in the hospital prison for life unless doctors determine he's no longer a danger. That's it's a, a rather big if there. But uh, basically what, what he's alleged to have done is uh, leaked 90 videos of uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 gameplay footage last September. Now... He was out on bail and under police protection. I'm not sure of protection from who. Uh, because he was, uh, let's say, police guard um, uh, during this time. But even without his laptop, he was able to hack Rockstar Games by using the hotel room's included Amazon Fire Stick and a newly purchased smartphone, keyboard, and mouse. He was able to hack them with just that. And apparently that outraged everybody so much that they're really uh, out for blood here. Um, I cannot think of any instance where the, even even the specter of life imprisonment in any form 
is justified. And yeah, okay, he got violent and caused property damage while imprisoned. Uh, I don't know if any of us have been in prison for a long period of time. I was, you know, locked up for a couple of days during the RNC in New York. And I got to tell you, my mind was different than when I went in. And uh, it would have been way more different the more time goes by. Locking people up has an effect. So um, I, I, I cannot look at that and say, oh, my God, that's an unforgivable act, what he did by, by uh, engaging in property damage while being confined. Uh, it almost seems like a human reaction. Uh, Alex, any, any thoughts on this as far as a legal perspective? Locking somebody up for life, for, for hacking into a, a video game? And I don't mean to dismiss it. I don't mean to say that it doesn't matter that this is just a video game. But, you know, I, I, people are still buying the game. The company is still doing well. They're getting a lot of publicity. They probably should beef up their security because this seems to happen all the time. Um, but... Um, this 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 kid is just uh, obsessed, and people do get obsessed. I, I I think you're right. I think it is an obsession, and I think obsession does seem to be the the right way of looking at this because it seems it seems to be more of a psychiatric type of sentence than something that actually sounds in the criminal law. This is as a matter of criminal law, this would be wildly disproportionate to the offenses at issue, even if he intended to commit the offenses over and over and over again, that probably would not justify some kind of life imprisonment here. It, it seems to me that the the sentence here is custodial in nature almost entirely because of the psychological uh, angle to the to the crime here and that the 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 offender does not seem to be able to help himself in some other way. It's almost like some kind of irresistible impulse to continue to break the law. So with that in mind, uh, a judge could say, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to sentence you to some kind of psychiatric uh, hospital for the foreseeable future. And if and only if you can demonstrate that you're no longer a threat to society, uh, are you going to be able to, to get out of that psychiatric hospital? So, you know, it's like involuntarily imprisoning somebody on the basis of their psychology and assuming for the moment or, or for the next several decades on behalf of this person that there's nothing that can be done, that there's no diversion that this person can go through, that he has no other redeeming social qualities. And that's what I think really hits me in the heart here is about the, this person who's obviously extraordinarily smart, Probably very, very talented when it comes to identifying vulnerabilities. And here we are. Here is this person going to be wasting away in a psychiatric hospital in misery for the foreseeable future. And it, it seems to me like if, even if this was somebody who said, I'm, I'm going to continually, let's say, I don't know, punch people in the face, you know, commit some kind of physical crime, and I intend to do this again and again and again. Uh, you know, that, I don't think it would justify the same type of disproportionate response. I think we would say, you've got a problem, you need to have some kind of treatment, uh, and, and that's it. It, would, it wouldn't be this life sentence. So, well, I mean, look, Alex, if somebody is actually going out there punching people in the face, they are a physical threat, and they should be kept away from people that they could hurt. We're talking about somebody who released videos. And not only, he didn't release the game, he released clips of the upcoming game. And, you know, um, uh, the game is still coming out. The game is still um, uh, uh, doing well, I believe. Uh, the uh, the trailer for uh, for uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 was released 
uh, and that had 128 million views in just four days. Um, they're claiming it cost them $5 million to recover. I'm not sure what they're recovering from. The game itself wasn't released. You know, I know it's a crime. I know it's illegal, but it's a different kind of crime than doing something violent or uh, burning down a building or something like that. Um, this is this is someone who sees a challenge, and yeah, it's he's um, uh, misguided in the way that he tackles that challenge. But boy, you know, maybe maybe not make it so easy for him. Well, wasn't it the case so that he he was found to be unfit to stand trial? Right. So this is a this is an entirely a sentence that has been meted out on the basis of the psychological makeup of the offender mm-hmm. here, right? And and that was really the, the point that I was trying to portray here is that there seems to be this assumption that this person is beyond some kind of rehabilitation here and needs to be locked away from society. And I think you're right, too, Manuel, to, to look at the, the damages and say and, and to question them. However, uh, I, I I bet $5 million is, is probably a bit accurate. You know, any kind of... Uh, breach winds up costing companies millions of dollars these days. You have to do forensics, an investigation, there's lots of legal fees, notification to customers, regulatory authorities, all this kind of stuff gets really, really expensive really quickly. So that's quite possible, but this reminds me of a lot of the trumped-up damages charges that people like Kevin Mitnick faced when mm-hmm. it came to, I think it was Novell. Exactly. Right, where Novell had claimed that he, he managed to exfiltrate or steal the source code that was worth... I don't even remember what the numbers were, but it was so incredibly inflated that um, it, it just didn't sound in reality. And I think I think this type of decision is hiding behind the laws that are designed to protect minors. And, and that's, this is another problem that I have with this, is that there isn't a lot of scrutiny here because minors, especially in the U.K., are afforded a lot more privacy protection than um, had this happened in the United States. And so there isn't a lot of scrutiny of the process by which the sentence, I think, has, has been meted out. But I, I do certainly hope that he and, and the family appeal, uh, presuming that this is a he and not a she, but um, whoever it is, I, I feel like this... This is a tough sentence. It's really hard, and it's hard well, to follow. I, to me, the sentence just says that uh, the rest of us don't know how to deal with somebody like this, and the only answer we can think of is to lock them away and not deal with them. I think that's where the real failing is here. What he did, yeah, it's it's, it's not following the rules, uh, but um, uh, you know, it is not something that in any way uh, um, mandates a, a life sentence or even the threat of one. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is the legal system in the UK, which I think is important to point out. But uh, also, yes, as, as you said, there's uh, more. There's a lot more privacy afforded to uh, juveniles in this situation. In fact, uh, Ariane Cortage is being charged alongside another individual who was 17 at the time, and therefore there is no info about that uh, that person out there um, beyond the fact that they're that they are a minor. And in a case like this, it's very obviously okay. There's some sort of mental health issue at play here. This is not. This is not just about uh, he wants to keep uh, committing cyber crimes. This is a mental health issue, and we have to wonder because we're not being given the information. Um, we have to wonder what sort of mental health is in store for him, and something like he's going to be remanded to a hospital for life. That is terrifying. Um, 
if if they were to just have some sort of sentence that says, you know, we're going to we're going to check him out. We're going to see what kind of mental health situation this is. We're going to act accordingly. Um, that, I think, would have a different vibe than just we're going to put this kid in the hospital for life. So I think this is definitely worth keeping an eye on. This is definitely worth uh, continuing to try and see what's uh, what's in store. And as you said, these were videos of gameplay, the same sort of videos that Rockstar is releasing now to build up hype for the game. Um, but in response to the sentence being handed down to this kid, um, another individual from Lapsus, from the group, uh, seems to have... Uh, just recently leaked the entire source code of the previous game in the series, Grand Theft Auto V, as a manner, as a, as an act of protest, and, uh, as a, as a free Arion sort of, uh, sort of move. It sure seems so, like all this material is, is up for the grabs. I mean, people are just downloading and distributing. It's, it's really, um, um, uh, you know, I'm not trying to blame the, the quote unquote victim here, because I, I question how much of a victim they actually are. But it sure seems like the security leaves a lot to be desired. And, and the fact that this is a game, and there are so many dangerous uh, precipices around trying to connect the fiction of a video game about crime to real-world crime and harming people. But it, there is a certain, I guess, bitter irony to the fact that, like, Rockstar is bringing these charges and, uh, you know, bringing the hammer down on this kid um, so they could better sell their game about doing heists and crimes. Yeah, there's that, too. I mean, the whole premise of Grand Theft Auto is stealing cars and beating up people and all kinds of horrible things. So I don't want to pass judgment based on that, but it, it is it is kind of ironic. Yeah, I, I think we should be cautious to immediately sympathize, uh, because what are we really agreeing to? I mean, to even say, like, that this is explicitly uh, a mental health concern with no questions asked, or, or just very little other, more detail about it, is, it seems hilarious because we're, I mean, mental health, maintaining that at all, like, get, think about the context. We are not living in some techno-utopia, and the idea that uh, people are just going to, that, that people will follow the rules, that it's, it's, it's a foregone conclusion, that they just want to get along uh, with your systems, and uh, and because it's oh darn a uh, uh, illegal um, line that that is crossed, a lot of people don't care, especially criminals. And we 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 need to really I think sober up about a society of of people that are under stress with like wielding these systems, profiting a lot from them a lot, and a, a lot of people with skills like this don't necessarily fit in and don't want to. They don't want to fit in with this society. They don't want to fit in with the rules or the laws around how to use a type of chip or how to communicate across uh, certain types of networks. They understand that it's really, it's, it's, so, there's so much emphasis on containing people and containing all of this that, uh, it's not it's not going to yield less hacking the harsher the penalty i think and that that's my sort of takeaway or where i would go with it because a lot of people don't want to follow this stuff anymore and just allow the media uh, the ad campaigns and stuff to infiltrate their lives i mean there's a cost and if they can't get their security together um and someone w that has felt 
that doesn't want to really get along, doesn't feel um, they get along, but excels at this um, and explicitly doesn't really want to agree to impulse control around their skill, how can we really expect them to want to get along? Like, I'm, I'm very... The more I think about this in sort of a counterintuitive way, the more I'm like, I kind of question it. Go ahead, Rob. And, and it is counterintuitive because due to the nature of uh, what's going on and the way they do things there, we don't have a lot of information about this at all. We have very little information about what's actually going on, what factors are actually at play when uh, the psychiatrist over there make, made this determination about the, about this kid. So um, a lot of what we're saying is just, you know, theorizing and, and uh and uh, that sort of thing. But, yeah, we really don't have enough information, I think, to come to a fair judgment. But I would really like to believe that we don't live in a world where something like uh, a life sentence in a, in a hospital is something that would be handed down without uh, without a damn good reason. Um, we can only hope. Okay. Well, we'll definitely be following this story because it certainly uh, is of interest to us as, as well as many of our listeners. Here's something else from Australia, which is fascinating to me. Uh, enlisting thousands of smart speakers in Australian homes to detect intimate partner violence could be an unprecedented opportunity to help victims. Uh, that's according to a study from this uh, article from uh, ABC, their, their um, uh, broadcast network down there. Uh, but uh, Monash University researchers found the potential solution was also loaded with ethical considerations and could put the onus of responsibility on victims, produce too many false positives and negatives, and remove pressure from the government to address the causes of domestic violence. Um, now, <laughs> this is um, uh, pretty interesting because uh, apparently um, they intend to use smart speaker technology uh, to listen for things like screaming uh, or uh, signs of abuse, um, but that um, that opens up a whole lot of other um, um, concerns. In fact, one of our listeners, Neil, uh, writes into us, um, actually sent us this article, and he says, uh, while the article is interesting enough and talks of ethics, etc., I, I find it uh, passing strange that it completely misses the elephant in the room in that it is just assuming that it's acceptable that these smart speakers are just listening to everything and can send it to the mothership to be processed to see what is happening. Have we really become so blasé that no one cares at all about privacy in the home and are happy to share it all with the cloud. I, I would say many of us have. I, I know you guys have uh, one of these devices, um, and, and yes, we do over here, um, and, and we use it for experiments and for fun and things like that, but i got to tell you, oftentimes it barges into the middle of a conversation. When we don't say the trigger word, uh, it hears something, and it's uh, sometimes it, it, it really... Um, injects itself and it's, it's, it's unwelcome called, it's, it's a wake word yeah yeah it's a wake word and and you know the the, the wake word for this one is is computer uh and um fortunately i did not i, I said that low enough where I, I can see it across the room it didn't it didn't trigger but but if you're watching star trek or something oh my god <laughs> like every two minutes you have to tell it to shut up or or just i, I is there is there a command to tell it to ignore things for a period uh, a period of time i i would hope so but finishing this this uh this letter here um, I personally don't want one of these devices. I, I did experiment with the open source uh, privacy-focused one called MyCroft, uh, specifically the Raspberry Pi version known as PyCroft, uh, but decided I didn't like it anyway. Thanks, Neil, for that um, that insight. Any, any thoughts here, Rob? 
Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I mean, we have a smart speaker in our home, and uh, the thing is, like, even if I believed that it was okay that it was listening on ev- on everything and sending it to the cloud and possibly flagging it for things like domestic violence, which I don't, I think that's all terrifying, um, we can't get this thing to play the right song when we tell it to play some music and it plays something completely different because it wasn't very good at interpreting what we were saying to it. And if you if you throw in things like listening for domestic violence, I mean, we watch a lot of television. I play Grand Theft Auto games, and uh, it hears the wrong thing and decides to uh, flag us for something that is actually not happening in reality. And uh, you know that that's kind of that's kind of a scary uh, concept. I think the whole thing is terrifying. The whole idea that also you should excuse me that domestic violence sounds like one thing. Mm-hmm. The intimate partner violence sounds like one thing and only one thing and that's the only thing it sounds like this is a very very dangerous moment because if we're assuming that that's not the case then it becomes listening for everything transmitting everything and then how do you decide who gets listened to and who doesn't and not entirely dissimilarly remember when we were talking about security cameras on the subway and who's going to be reviewing all of this material Mm -hmm. when there's that much to look at you're going to miss what's actually there because of all the extraneous noise you know eastern europe learned this lesson back in the 80s Uh, i I think we still have yet to learn it and you know we're only like a step or two away from people saying you know what just listen to everything all the time we trust the authorities and to be fair do it to everybody we're not that far from that from this Uh, and uh, there are people out there now who probably already want that Alex, did you have something? Yeah, I, I, I find this whole concept really appalling. I don't think it would ever fly in the United States. It would be too offensive to have, especially uh, a listening device in your home, scouring the airwaves in, in your house, of all places, for some kind of criminal activity. It would be so offensive to the Fourth Amendment that I, I just don't see it as flying, unless you somehow consent to this as part of the terms of service or terms of use, et cetera. Or terms, or of, terms the, of probation or something like that. Well, that, that's one, one possibility, too. But the other uh, issue here is, that, and the, the article mentions this, is that there, were, there would be a bunch of false positives. So you know, what would happen if you're watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and there's a bunch of women screaming in the background or something and that gets flagged as, as an indication of domestic violence, the police are called. Does that give the police then justification to come into your home? Is that is, is a detection on a smart speaker then uh, equatable to something like probable cause? These are legal issues that I really hope we don't ever have to deal with because the answer should be no, that's stupid. We shouldn't do that in the first place. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree more. Go ahead, Gail. And now I'm just thinking about other ways that, you know, other avenues in which privacy might even get more compromised in which, you know, Rob's saying he plays Grand Theft Auto, which is great. I will admit it. I am a huge fan of Law & Order SVU. I watch SVU all the time. So if our smart speaker heard something that it thought sounded like intimate partner violence, but they said, wait a second, let's cross-check this. Hey, YouTube TV, what was being watched in their home right now? Oh, it was SVU. This isn't a thing. But are they also, you know, so is it going to go from the smart speaker to whatever streaming services we have going 
to see where that sound might have been coming from. Well, I do know, and I've seen this happen, uh, popular programs that air, um, it doesn't catch, even if the, if the keyword is said, the trigger word is said, it skips over that because somehow it's registered that it knows this is part of a TV program. So it's not necessarily what streaming services do you subscribe to. It's it's kind of like the YouTube um, uh, a copyright check where it sees if something exists someplace else and is claimed by somebody else. I, I think something similar is happening here. Go ahead, Kyle. I just um, wanted to suggest also, including that, that it was the technology that was that would be able potentially to des- distinguish between media that it that it already knows uh, fingerprints or patterns of, but also what the relationship dynamic becomes, like how the nature of abuse. I think Gila pointed that out, and I think there's more there. Uh, just thinking generally about um, this idea of okay, well, once this device is placed there, then you're sort of indicating that this is watching for certain behaviors. So. Well, what what will what other behaviors that it can't detect will happen around that as a result of this change? Whether it's people purchasing it or it being introduced as a feature on things they already have in various households, but also as what is it? Is it a good indicator? A good um, um, overt way of 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 protecting the relationship is that their protection actually occurring as a result of this or is it moving the uh, behaviors around uh, out of sight or, or earshot in right. this case go ahead rob and alex mentioned like will people accept something like this and uh, i think there's there's no worries that it, that they wouldn't because i mean how popular are the ring doorbells right now despite how much we complain about them on this program, despite all the news stories that regularly happen where people's footage got uh, used in the wrong way or something, people still love those things, um, despite what they're signing away their rights to when they they install one. And assuming that this kind of thing gets handed off to automated AI type, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, people who were checking it, you know, when you were a kid, did you ever have a science project where your teacher said, okay, go home and say lovely things to your dog, but in a mean voice? Oh, yeah. And then say mean things to your dog, but say them in a lovely voice, and your dog won't be able to tell the difference between the two because the tone of voice is the issue? <laughs> so if we're listening for decibel levels, if we're listening for tone, and there are not, like, th- this is not going to work on so many levels. It is terrifying. And the the invasions of privacy that are just already we've been spinning on this what three minutes <laughs> I can't even think about where this could actually go well uh, it's something that we're definitely going to be following Kyle last word on this I would encourage people as a remedy if you have the luxury of additional rooms make a place where there isn't stuff listening and recording and yeah, filming that's, if that's, you can find any space yeah that's just like it. how people got around the cameras in, in, in London by committing the crimes just where they know the cameras no I'm not saying aren't. for crime I'm uh, saying for general privacy it will not be a in, privacy case, privacy so. will be a crime mark my words oh uh, actually you might you might be onto something okay uh, listener Lurachu writes in um, apparently mirror newspapers uh, have been hacking into Prince Harry's voicemail system you hear about this they they, they were found uh, libel I believe um, and uh, listening to his messages this is quite a while ago in fact it was a big scandal uh, years ago as well 
Um, except uh, our listener writes, uh, probably it wouldn't have happened if he changed the pin. Piss poor security strikes again. Well, you know, that's not entirely true. I'm not sure if it's true in this case, but I do know that one of the ways that they were listening in, and this, this was revealed years ago, uh, there is a service on many cell phone uh, systems where, let's say you have your own cell phone and you want to check your voicemail. Do you want to enter your password every damn time? No, you're calling from your phone. Obviously, it's you, so you just hit voicemail. It logs you in. Well, what they were doing was spoofing the caller ID to the voicemail system. Voicemail system was saying, oh, it's Prince Harry calling. Well, I don't need to ask for his password because it's obviously him. And that's what they were doing. It was really simple. I wouldn't even call it hacking. It's just basically evading something in uh, really uh, the poor security was with the phone companies. If, if that is the method they used then that is something that um, uh, definitely should be condemned. Why don't they ever pay the phone companies? I mean, really. They pay, pay for their... They get scot-free. Everybody, the consumer is the victim, uh-huh. and they are lawyered up. They have all the money and all the control over these systems. They put in antiquated measures. Yeah, it's like they didn't keep up with the security protocols. All right, I'm also told that this very same listener, Laracha, um, uh, is the one who wrote a song, uh, or put together a song. Apparently, I was talking about the hacker group known as Gay Furry Hackers a couple of uh, weeks ago, and that caused a big stir for some reason, and now there's a song that's circulating in the clubs. So we, we're going to be, um, no, let's, let's, let's take a listen. And, um, okay, you know what, I, I, can, I, can, I can handle this, no problem. Uh, let's, let's see what it sounds like from, from one of our listeners. something isn't it I, you know I, you never sound like how you think you sound but boy that's uh, that's that's really good i like it i like it and uh, apparently the kids like it too 
What do you guys think? Absolute banger. Uh huh. Yes, that that slaps. Thank you so much, Lou Wright, too, for uh, for sending that in, for putting it together and sharing it with us. Yeah, you should do a set at Hope in July. You know, a, a musical set with uh, bits of Off the Hook. That'd be kind of cool. So, I can't uh, wait for the like extended remixes and oh wow. Speaking of Hope, another listener writes in uh, to correct us when we were talking about the Omni card and how uh, beneficial it is. It is, but in fact, it's more beneficial than we thought it was. Uh, because I was saying the um, uh, the, the cap uh, that we're basically you, you take 12 rides and the rest, rest of your rides are free for the remainder of the week. It, it used to be where it started on Monday and ended on Sunday. But now, apparently, according to uh, this listener, and it's true, uh, the um, uh, free 12-ride Omnicard is no longer Monday through Sunday. It will automatically adjust to the seven days you're using it for. So that means if you start it on a Wednesday, it'll go until the next Wednesday or, or Tuesday night or whatever. Uh, another benefit of Omni uh, is when you're using the select bus service because um, if you ever use that, you have to get your ticket first from the machine that's out on the street. Um, but what if the bus doesn't come? <laughs> so you're stuck with a ticket that you, you never get to use. Uh, and with uh, Omni, you, uh, you you do that on the bus itself, so you don't have to uh, worry about that. So, yeah, that's beneficial to people who will be attending Hope in uh, in July, and we're putting together... Uh, all kinds of comprehensive guides so people can easily get around and, and go to amazing places that are near the conference and also visit other places uh, in the city while you're visiting uh, because that was um, uh, it, it, it's really uh, pretty awesome. Thank you, Chaz, for uh, sending in um, these, uh, the, 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 these facts and ideas and things like that. Um, and and uh, hopefully people will be planning all kinds of presentations and, and speaking events and, and everything else. I believe we'll be launching in a couple of weeks. I, I think on the 10th of January is the date I've been told. So uh, more information on that will be at hope.net and 2600.com. And on this show, if we're on. If we're on next week or in two weeks. Wow, no one has any opinions on mass Fantastic. Well, okay. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I think, I think it's great. I'm literally looking forward to further exploring Queens as well this coming summer. And I know that uh, both I and some cohorts of mine with whom I had spoken at Hope in the past are already planning uh, to update some of our older presentations for this year. And I think it's going to be quite an interesting year. I mean, I think so. Good, good point. Perhaps to segue over to 2024 issues because, you know, as we're leaving 2023, 2024 with both elections in the United States and the United Kingdom, this is going to be a crazy year, and hope is going to happen right smack in the middle of it. It's going to be fascinating. It is, and I can't think of a better environment than a campus in Queens just to chill at, to have plenty of space, uh, and to uh, listen to all kinds of presentations. Uh, if you want a taste of that, though, happening right now is the Chaos Communication Congress uh, over in, what city is it, Kyle? Hamburg. It's in Hamburg now. It's, it went back to Hamburg. Uh, and uh, you can go to ccc.de and uh, find your way around. It's uh, it's in there somewhere, but basically all the talks are streaming and look, archived. Look for the event called uh, Unlocked. It's 37C3. Yes. It's called Unlocked this year. Which is weird because they said 37 years in the in the info blurb about, like, they, this event's been going on 37 years. I think they meant 37 conferences because they stopped in 2019. The, yeah, everybody the, got the messed up. Then. Yeah, we all got screwed up. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if that is exactly right, but 
anyway, navigate around there. You can find live streams. Those talks are ongoing in on multiple tracks, so definitely a great thing uh, in this in-between holiday period to get informed. And look what I have here. I have the new copy of 2600, the winter issue, which uh, we just got our hands on. It's not, it's not out yet. It'll be out next week. But, uh, yeah, this is something to look forward to as well. So if you're uh, one of our subscribers, you should be getting that either digitally or, uh, or in, in person, on paper. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're continuing to do all the projects. And um, it's, it's Please uh, explore um, uh, businesses and things in the area, though, referring to the travel stuff. That's so crucial. If people have tips and tricks, oh, yeah. we want to um, get that documented so that we can share it with other people that are, that are looking forward we, to it. Well, we've attending. learned so much, can, uh, speaking of, we of, of take what we knew at, at St. John's. Yeah. Uh, we've learned so much about the area, about uh, what, we can, uh, what we can do, what we uh, want to do this time. Uh, so good as 2022 was, 2024 is going to be orders of magnitude better. Um, write to us, oth at 2600.com. That's our email address. Uh, we will um, definitely be back in two weeks. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll be back next week. Um, we're told we're not at the moment, but that might change. Uh, we will be on Overtime in a few minutes over on YouTube, channel 2600, or follow the link that is on the uh, 2600.com website. Uh, I just want to say a word about um, the show that follows us. Uh, was co-hosted by uh, a guy named Ralph Pointer, who passed away on Monday. Uh, please stay tuned for uh, a special tribute to him on the program um, coming up next, entitled "What's Happening." It's always sad when we uh, when we lose another member of the WBAI family. So many people here have uh, graced the airwaves with uh, all sorts of um, uh, opinions and facts and coverage. And it's just, it's an honor to be able to share those airwaves with so many people and, uh, and the history that this place has offered. So I can't think of a better reason to keep WBAI going. And again, give to WBAI.org is the website to do that. But please continue to listen uh, to 99.5 FM as well. And uh, you'll hear some things that will, uh, will definitely open up your eyes. See you soon.
This is Ralph Pointer. Join me and others every Wednesday, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on WBAI 99.5 on your radio dial. It would appear the human movement is such that at any moment in history, there are too few that understand possibilities of existence that would benefit all who inhabit this planet and are willing to act on this understanding. This program will feature that few. What are your views on these issues that impact your life today? What are your views on America today? What are your views on America's future? Can we talk? Call in 212-209-2877. Wednesday, 8 to 9 p.m. on WBAI 99.5 on your radio dial. 